All right, let's um, quickly start from Psalm number 2. Everybody open your Bibles to Psalm 2. We are going to read Psalm 2 together. I don't want you to whisper it. It's not a meditation. It's a declaration, or like my uh, teacher would say, it's a proclamation. All right? If you are there, say amen. Amen. I will be reading from New American Standard Bible. Or just anyone you have, use it. But if, I, if you can use that one, I would prefer it, really, so that most voices will be reading the same thing. So to reduce the cacophony, you understand? <laughs> How many people have New American Standard? Oh, that's a sizable number. <laughs> I'm sure I've infected you. Yes. If you listen for me long enough, you will, you will be converted. There's a reason why I use it, too. Just by the way, I use uh, standardly. I use two Bibles, New American Standard and um, New Living Translation. I read if I'm reading, both two of them are open at the same time. Then I check once in a while something from Amplified. Okay, that's how I do it. Occasionally, uh, this is basically what I do. I have a translation that is as accurate as possible, and all of them I find New American Standard the best because it still uses a bit of modern English, but the expression can be difficult because it tries to be as original as possible, okay? I don't use King James at all. And the reason is simply because of the English he speaks. That's the basic reason. All right, I'm having no problems following things that are New American Standard. If you want to throw me back to Elizabethan English, please. Like they say, free me, I beg. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> then I try to get a simple one that helps, you know, explains easier. And that's why I read two of them side by side, New American Standard and New Living Translation. I use other things around that one again, I may use um, Good News Bible and God's Word translations. Those are the two major ones I switch to if I need to just get a different expression and it's a simple expression I'm looking for. Then I have the Amplified on the standby just to see somebody amplify once in a while. Usually one is New Testament. So those are the three ways, those are the three, which one do I use? No, I've mentioned five versions now, but I have three groups of versions. So usually New American Standard first, New Living Translation second, and Amplified third. And then I switch the second one amongst the other ones I mentioned. All right, the Lord is good. All right, so uh, since enough people have that, everybody's going to read anyway. I just want more voice being um, in unity. What we are doing is declaring the Lordship of Jesus into the air, and we are going to read every verse there. There are 12 verses. Remember, it's a declaration, okay? One, two, let's go. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. Verse 9. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. 10. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Twelve, do hold me to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. 
for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Please, I want to read these verses 11, 10, 11, and 12 again. He said, Now therefore, O kings, O presidents, O governors, O fathers in the homes, O pastors, you know, O traditional rulers, everyone in authority, commissioners of police, you know, say, controller general of customs, whatever you are, once you are in authority, he says, Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. I'm saying to you again, his wrath is about to be kindled. And those who are not taking refuge in him, how terrible it will be for them. Listen. The son, I was telling my sons and my children this morning in the house, I said, we are not worshipping the Jesus that walked around in Jerusalem. No, we are not. We are not worshipping Jesus, the Jesus that was born of a virgin. We are not. We are not worshipping the Jesus that we read in the Bible, a story about him. We are not. We are worshipping a Jesus that is alive today. I hope you are getting my point. A Jesus that walks into our homes, who patrols the cities of our nation, who walks amongst the cars in traffic, who comes to church, who goes to the mosque to check what is going on there? Who goes to cabinet meetings? A Jesus that is alive. Not a historical figure. That's what many people don't realize. They think we are worshipping a Jesus. In fact, what we did this morning in the house, I said, let's go to Revelation chapter 1 and see how John encountered him and described him. I said, that is the Jesus we are worshipping. It's not the Jesus that, you know, we heard the story, you know, Christmas Day, Christmas Day, or oh, Christmas tree, or oh, Christmas tree. That's not the Jesus. The one we are worshipping, he's alive. He's well. He moves around. I told my children, I said, sometimes you see him. And I can appear like anything, like anybody. What I'm trying to say is that don't expect him to have that long, you know, um, Jewish hair, you know, that height. No, the people that saw him for years after resurrection saw him. They did not know it was him. John saw him and fell at his feet as if he were dead. This is the same John that used to lie on his bosom so they would share food together. Yet after he rose up from the dead, it wasn't the same person. Told so them Jesus were worshipping. Is the Jesus that is alive. He's the governor amongst the nations. President Buhari is subject to him. Joe Biden, American president, is subject to him. Governor Uguayin Enugu here is subject to him. The vice chancellor of your university is subject to him. Your husband is subject to him. I hope you're getting my point. Your MD is subject to him. You know why? He's a governor amongst the nations. And you know what he's saying right now? Tell everybody. He said, kiss the son. Or do homage to the son, lest he becomes angry. He said his anger may soon be kindled. That's what people don't realize. One thing I have realized, you heard me say last time, the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced. You see, Sodom and Gomorrah looks like a historic story. Are you getting my point? In this generation, between now and next generation, you will see it happen again. And it shouldn't be the first time. But you know what, like you said in Revelation, they still don't listen. They still do not listen. Even though he destroys them, they still will not listen. But destroying them, he sure will. It is a wrong the, the description of him that you see, ah, he doesn't hurt anybody. In the New Testament, God is a loving God. It is a fat lie. Listen, Jesus, the one you need to the cross, is dead. The one that rose up from the grave, you don't want to cross him. I hope you're getting my point. The one that rose again from the grave, you don't want to cross him. The Bible says that the mountains melt like wax at his coming. That's why he said, kiss the son, lest he be angry. 
ah, we have described him wrong. People don't fear him. People don't fear him. They make it look like serving him is you are doing him a favor. <laughs> no, sometimes you see the way people treat us preachers. I almost want to burst into laughter. You get emails like, I want all your messages from last week in my mind. Come and collect it. You know, they just, <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. This flippant request, send me all your messages from last week. Oh, thank you very much. We work for you here. You're not serious. If you want the messages, call. Beg for it. Is it because we're not charging you money? You must be out of your mind. You talk to me as if you employed me. I get those messages while emails on that. You say, now wow. Now wow. <laughs> it's missionaries that cost it. And it is a human thing. When the people are hearing the gospel, they think they are doing you a favor. People get to the church. I remember once one lady, one young girl, get to the church. The usher said, go, go, go sit here. She said, should I leave? The usher said, you can't go. Because if they come into church, they are doing you a favor. Is he coming to church? No. People should understand. Listen, what must we do to be saved? What must we do to escape the judgment about to come? The problem, however, is the church does not tell them there's a judgment to come. I like the way I preach you. I don't beg anybody. I don't. If you want to believe, it's your problem. If you don't want to believe, the only thing I owe you, when you are in ignorance, maybe I should help you a bit. But if you are enjoying iniquity, you think coming to listen to me, you are doing me a favor. I say, ah, is that so? Give a man my track no, some years ago. He was talking on the way I snatched it from his hand. I know how much it cost me. That time, only my wife and I were giving all the money to the ministry. I'm not giving you a track printed with money. And you're, you're opening your mouth and talking nonsense. Man, Give me my track. Hell is free. It's your problem. <laughs> that was my attitude. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not everybody should be like that. There are those who cry. They cry for those who are not saved. Listen to me. Stop crying. Tell them the truth. If you don't give your life to Christ, you will go to hell. Can't you preach it like that again? They say, no, preach a God of love. The God of love is who said it now. I might be the one that said it. By the time you are warning somebody about the judgment about to come, is that not love? It is love. He doesn't just throw people into hell. He wants them. He wants them. He says to them, I don't want you to perish. For this cause, I gave my only begotten son. This was how God showed his love for the world. He gave his only begotten son so that they would not perish, but that they might have what? Everlasting life. He said, he that doesn't believe, is condemned already. That is complete preaching. And by the way, God is not the kind of loving God we describe him as. He's a judge. He's a just judge. His love is that he gives you the opportunity to repent. His love is that he, 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 he I don't know his word, waste. He takes time before he executes his full judgment. And I'm saying to people in this generation, the time is about to be over. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He said, kiss the son, do homage to the son, lest he be angry, and you perish out of the way. This Jesus Christ, no be joke how. I told my chair this morning, he walks around, don't think. I said, listen, when he comes, stands in your presence, he doesn't only check your works, he looks into your heart. He can see your thoughts, he can see your imaginations, he can see your motives for everything that you do. That's the Jesus we are serving, not the historical Jesus. You, you, you know what, what I mean by that? You just read about him in the Bible. As soon as you close it, you have closed him. Once you close the Bible, you have closed him. He can't see beyond the pages of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No. He stands at the door as you are leaving the house. You, you, you are driving, he sits on one side. When he's done with you, he goes to the next person. And he can do that to hundreds of millions at the same time. He has what the Bible calls the seven spirits of God. He sees all the earth at the same time. That is the Jesus we have to do. Mark my words again. Every nation. There are countries that say, no, no Bible comes in here. You can't mention the name of Jesus. Listen, be doing what you are doing. Because within one generation, he will wipe you out. And it won't be the first time. 
Why? You did not kiss the son. You hated the son. You rose up against the son. You ganged up against the son. He came to Paul. Name first mentioned that Saul. Oh, what are you doing here? Hey, Saul. He said, oh, he said, I'm Jesus you are persecuting. That's what he said to him. I'm Jesus you are persecuting. Saul had never seen him physically. He had never touched him physically. He just touched his disciples. He just touched his children. He just touched the people that followed him. And Jesus said, I'm the one you are persecuting. And I'm saying, every nation that persecutes Jesus Christ, he's about to get angry. And they will perish out of the way. Why he has not done anything in a long time is that he's patient, waiting for many to repent. As I said last, last time, and I mean it again. Many, you know, Christians are very, very worldly. Once they see a fine house, they, their brains don't work again. Once they see a fine road, their minds don't work again. Once they see constant power with constant water, they lose soul. They lose spirit. They, they lose their vision. They lose the sense of purpose. They lose the sense of the righteousness of God. They start justifying things that you see. You don't have to be a Christian nation to have good roads. As if life is about good roads. You don't have to be a Christian nation to have good economy. As if life is about good economy. Listen to me. The land of Sodom and Gomorrah was beautiful when Lot went in there. They were doing the iniquity, but it was a beautiful land. It was beautiful until the day that the Lord and those two angels came down. By the next day, you couldn't recognize it again. The promised land was the land that was flowing with milk and honey. Now, listen to me. This was a land that God said by himself, I am taking you in there. I'm removing the people because of their wickedness. And I'm taking you in because of my promise. Listen to me. He said, I'm removing them because they are wicked. Yet, when the Israelites went in there, they saw a land flowing literally with milk and honey. What does that mean? Productivity. The grapes. You know these grapes you go to the mall to buy? Or the, 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 and the express. They give you in a bowl like this. And then, you pay them, I don't know how much they sell it now. And just be, you know, be talking to your mouth. Only you will eat. <laughs> Before you get home, you have finished it. No, there are one bunch, that one that's in your bowl. The one you buy on the road. The one the mall gives to you in that bowl. One bunch like that, the two men had to carry on their shoulders. That was how productive the land was. A land that was drinking water of the rains of heaven. A land where there was no need for irrigation. A land where the people prospered so much when these Jews stood before their walls. It was as if the walls extended into the heavens. A land that was so good, the children born grew up to be giants. Oh, yes. Nutrition is part of the reason why you, you, you farm, farm giants. Can I use the word farm giants? <laughs> Beautiful land. Yet God said, the land has become defiled. So you know what's going to happen? It's going to vomit out the inhabitants. No matter how beautiful a land is, when the sun is angry, the people there will perish out of the way. There are many ways it makes them perish out of the way. Just one of them is natural disasters. Just one. There are many other ways he uses. For the people of the promised land, he took the Jews, brought them different things. Hornets, bees. Bees and hornets are slightly different. Hornets are worse than bees. He made them come in droves and drive the inhabitants out. Sometimes, Warriors, calamitous warriors. Remember the expression? Like somebody said the other day I was reading somewhere. Luciferous warriors. They come and attack the people and drive them from the land. The Jews came. There are places they will go and say, wipe everybody out. What about the women? Kill them too. Children, everything. Some will say, no, 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 just the men. Take the animals. There are places they say, no, no, even the animals. Kill. That's what they said to the Amalekites. The point I'm making is that, yeah, the land was good. That's my emphasis. The economy was good. That's my advice. They planted and they reaped abundance. Why would Christians talk as if the only reason why we are serving Christ is so we can have good roots? 
Don't forget, this earth is very temporal. Live long in these days. When you do 120 years, even you will be tired of living. Yeah, at the age of 120, in this generation, you'll be tired. Because all your friends died 40 years ago. You are now going to play table tennis with your great-grandchildren. You know, you'll be tired. Nobody to Jesus. Only you know the stories that happened that time. After a while, you'll be tired. And that's just 120 years, which is less than a second out of a million years when you consider it in the space of eternity. So why do you think that is this good road that God is looking for? Let me say it again. The sun is about to get angry. And we have a duty, and we're going to perform it again today. We are going to fire his words into the air so that he might do that which he wants to do. And one of the things that does is that he excludes you from the judgment about to come. Let me read that again. He said, you kings, therefore show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Before we take our seats again this evening, let's take our declaration of understanding as we usually do. All right? Are you ready? I want to let's go. Remember, it's a declaration. I want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Okay, let's just read the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. I wasn't planning to read that earlier. I just wanted to start talking. But it would be nice to just read. There's one particular... Isaiah 53, sorry, not 54. There's one particular reason why I want us to read that. Well, I will start from verse 1. Where I'm going is rather far down. Um, so I'm going to just jump a few verses as I read. Where I might, all right? Until I get to where... But the whole chapter, anyway, is a nice one to read. He said, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For it grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He said, he has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, no appearance that we should be attracted to him. For time's sake, I'm just to jump a few verses. Verse 4, surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Verse 5 says, But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Verse 8 says, by oppression and judgment he was taken away. And for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. Verse 10 says, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. 
He said if he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, and he said he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong. Because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Now, I've read um, almost all the 12 verses. I jumped a few, not for any other reason than to save some time. And I just want, like I said, the reason why I wanted to read this is uh, around verse, um, the last three verses, actually, the last uh, three verses, 10, 11, especially. He said, if he will render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Now, let me just um, emphasize that. Now, what I wanted to bring out from there is to just emphasize again to us that we are the extension of the days of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that God did with Christ, you see, the Bible makes it clear that he, was, he started a new breed of mankind. And the truth is, is, if believers walk as believers and people research them, they will find out that there's a tangible and scientific reason why they should be classified as a subspecies of human beings. I don't mean inferior, I mean a different class, because that's one thing science does. If they see a particular cockroach in the house, and they see all cockroaches, if they see a particular one that is behaving a particular way, if they see that trait in a large number of them, and they are reproducing and producing each other like that, they call them a subspecies, give them a particular name. They do that with bacteria, do with higher organisms. Now, I'm trying to say that human beings really, you may think we are all the same. We are not. You can classify us based on races. Some people are Caucasian, some are uh, Negroid, some are Asian. That's one way. But if you look closer, those who say they are believers, if they really walk according to the word of God, after a while, it will manifest in a tangible way that can be scientifically detected. And I'm not joking about that. All right? It's a matter of fact, but I won't sit on it. Now, so those group of people, they are a second race of human beings. And the Bible calls them, you know, they are children of the second man. The first man was Adam, but there's a second man called Jesus Christ. And he was also the last Adam. Now, so the, the purpose of God is that all of us in that new race, new creations we are called, okay, we are the prolongation, we are the fulfillment of this promise that God gave concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. That if he will render himself as a guilt offering, he will see, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days. That is, on this earth, the body of Christ will continue to exist. That's the prolongation of the days of Jesus Christ. So, this is how it works. Everything that I was supposed to do, they are also doing till today. Did you hear what I'm, what I'm saying? Everything that he was doing, and everything left for him to do, we are doing now. Let me give you an example. I found out, you know, because one of the things that used to marvel me was why the disciples were donated by God for beheading. <laughs> yeah, he donated them. It wasn't like he couldn't deliver them. Paul will say, look, I've finished my course. I've finished, I've run the race and all of that. So the only thing that's remaining for me is that crown of glory and everything. He now says to him, I'm now ready to be offered up as a drink offering. Did you get that? He could have died naturally. He could have died in his sleep. God could have ensured that. God could have delivered him. 
But he did not. Of all the 12 apostles of the Lamb, like we call them, those foundational apostles, only one died in natural... Well, let me say it the other way. Only one did not die by persecution. And that was John. And why I modified what I wanted to say is that one man said he has not even died. Until I, when I heard him, and he tried to prove it from scriptures. <laughs> Until when I heard him, I used to say it the other way, that he's the only one that died a natural death. We know from history that they tried to kill him many times, but they couldn't. So they banished him to an isle of Patmos. All the other ones, whatever be their name, whether it is Thomas, Andrew, uh, James, you know, Peter, all of them, as far away as India, they were killed there. Why? God, <laughs> I reason, I'm not saying I have full understanding yet, but one of the things that I came to understand some time ago was that God just wanted it like that as a sign of what Jesus did for the whole earth. I hope you're getting my point. The same way he died for the sins of mankind, he would choose some of his disciples and say, you follow that way and prove it to the people. I know the truth. It is actually one of the ways by which some atheists have come to believe. They couldn't understand that this, you say Jesus did not rise from the dead. Why are these people dying for it? Why would this large number of people die for a lie? Do, do you get the point? Yes, sir. I've read it, you know, different places, you know, saw, seen interviews about it. People saying that, look, it's one of the things people marveled about. Because when Jesus rose up from, again from the dead, he, he did one funny thing. You know what he did? He rose up secretly. Yeah, you notice? They crucified him. But the apostles had to be telling people he rose up. Why didn't they just come again? Bash! Just fly into the sky. Around, say, in a so. You thought you had killed me? Did I not tell you I'm rising again from the dead? He didn't. It would have been a natural thing to do. So he rose up privately to people he selected ahead of time. And he was very careful about it. In fact, to replace Judas, the person had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection. So it wasn't a joke. It, what does that tell you? It was deliberate. It wasn't like, okay, um, accidentally nobody was there. No, it was deliberate. His resurrection is going to be private. So only those who believed in him beforehand, they're the ones he, he, he after he rose up from the dead, he showed himself to. And he did that for weeks. He stayed around. So there was no doubt. Scores of them saw him. It wasn't just the 12. Of course, they were not even the first to see. It was the women that started. Then they went and called Peter. And all of that. And they got there. The place was empty. Then he came into where they had gathered. And he was teaching them, eating with them, stayed with them for some weeks before ascension. He did that. And he said those people would be eyewitnesses. And when they were going to replace Judas, that is before the Holy Spirit came, they said, look, the person must be an eyewitness of the resurrection. So Jesus did that deliberately. He did it deliberately. He wanted us to be the ones to go out to go and test the story. And one of the things he did was to ensure that some of the people telling the story would die for it. Deliberately. In fact, I look back now. Of course, I don't want Stephen... If you ask me, even if Stephen is coming back again, I'll say, bros, watch where you do this thing, you know. You want to advise him like that. 
But I still think, and people have said all kinds of things. One day one of our brothers made a statement, the way people attacked him. And pastors, be very careful. This world is not our home. Huh. We preach and say this world is our home. If I don't build a house here, I will die. You don't know if I don't make it on this earth, I have failed. Nonsense. Please, let me say it again. Nonsense. I need to say it one more time. Nonsense. Rubbish doctrine. We don't want to mourn like people that don't have hope, but want to live like those that don't have hope of eternal life. I don't know whether you are getting my point. We mortgage eternity for temporal gain. You know, the other day, I was reading this book. I don't know how many people have read it. Why Revival Tires. You know? The way he looked. I know this generation does not know that book. Please, how many people have read Why Revival Tires? Oh, you have seen it before. Or more. One, two, three, hey, four. Oh. Is that why you are sneezing? <laughs> you know, when we were in school, it was a raining book, you know. There was a generation that, if you have not read it, you are not born again. There has to be fire in your bones. Anyway, I saw the PDF copy on my computer. I don't even know how it got there. I don't even know what I was looking for. I just saw it. Ah, so I started reading it. <laughs> the man said something which made me laugh. He said, someone will now come and tell us. They are, we have become so heavenly-minded, we are of no earthly use. Have you heard that thing before? Yes, sir. He said, please let me tell you, it does not apply to this generation. <laughs> He said, this generation, now he wasn't talking about our own generation. I wrote the book decades ago. But when I read, so I, I, if I, had, I tweeted it. No, I put it on my WhatsApp status. He said, he said, let me tell you. He said, the painful fact that this generation is so earthly minded, they are of no heavenly use. And as a matter of fact, that this generation has become so earthly minded. Pastors preach as if this world is our home. And the sign of eternal success is our temporal success. No, it's not. The truth, Paul did not build a house that we are aware of. Most likely he didn't. He didn't even have, he didn't have a wife and children. He didn't have. Yet we, next to Christ Jesus, there's no Christian in history that we respect like Paul. I'm not aware of any. If you know any, you can tell me afterwards. So please, let's stop redefining this thing. It's not right. This world is not our home. Amen. Everything on this earth is for use. It's not a sign of anything more than function. Do you follow what I'm saying? The house is supposed to make you able to sleep well at night so the Lord can refresh you. The next day, you go out to do the will of God. It's not an inheritance that your children must inherit. I must build a house for each of my children. You know what I found about those children? If God blesses them, they don't want the houses. Have you noticed? So that house is the one my father left for me. I use it, uh, I, I put it up for rent. The tenants are not even doing well, so I have closed it off, I've locked it. The one they do not look, maybe they are good Christian boys and girls. They now see one pastor starting ministry, they'll give it to him to be living there. The only condition maintain it well. You no, know, in fact, the house was not for them, it was for that pastor. Amen. <laughs> God has blessed them, they have moved on to another one. Which house do you want to breed in this generation that in 20 years some children will be interested in it? They will tear down the windows. By the time they finish remodeling the house, they have spent more money. That, so some will just come bring a bulldozer. The land is now costly. They remove the house and plant their own. And you'll be in heaven getting angry. <laughs> the Lord is good. I'm going to say that. So success is not defined by temporal things. And that was why God allowed some disciples to suffer. 
You are getting my point. That's why he allowed some apostles to suffer for the sake of the kingdom. I was talking about, um, okay, I know I went into that. Stephen. So some boys said, ah, Stephen, if he had known the truth, they would not have killed him like that. I started laughing. I said, it's because you are so earthly minded. You don't want to leave this earth. You want to die here. No, no. How can you say that? If you don't want to leave your place, you don't want to die there now. You just want to stay there forever. So when Stephen died relatively early, you're feeling bad. That what a revelation they did not understand. If you understood the power, the power, start speaking English. This is my own thoughts now. This is my own thoughts now. For whatever reason God did like that, Stephen was a seed for the life of Saul, who is now our Paul. That's my understanding. Because the Bible told the story. If you know, the whole book of Acts was actually written, somebody explained that, not to tell the story of the early church, but to tell the story of the life of Paul. In fact, somebody suspected, the person that I was listening to, he suspects it was written as a defense for what Paul was doing. And that's why if you were not associated with Paul, once he was introduced, your story was not told. So they told the story until Paul came on the scene. And they showed us how he got to the scene. Do you understand? They specifically mentioned that those who stoned Stephen, they had their clothes guarded by a young man called Saul. What does that tell you? Do you understand it? God said, all right, good. What we need to do? It will require the blood of Stephen. But it's not a big deal. No, to you, yeah, Stephen died. God said he didn't die. He traveled. He traveled to a better place. He was going to come back. When I'm returning, he will be a, one of those who will come back with me. So he traveled. <laughs> oh, Stephen, Stephen. God said, leave that thing. He was one seed abiding alone. Do you understand? A seed abiding alone. I have planted him. Just watch what will come out of that seed. And then Saul came out. That's my understanding of it. Saul came out of it. And then shook the whole earth. 2,000 years later, still shaking the earth. 2,100 years later, still shaking the earth. The, the, the simple communication between Paul and a friend, we call it scripture. I mean, think about it. He was writing to Philemon about Onesimus. Onesimus. I mean, pronounce it properly when you get home. You understand? <laughs> Yet, we included it in the canon of scriptures. One day I was reading Bollinger. He was explaining something. He said the only explanation for this is that one of the letters of Paul is missing. He said, and that is unthinkable. He was trying to defend a particular doctrine. He said, unless you want to tell us a letter of Paul is missing. He said, and that is unthinkable. There is some theologians thinking unthinkable that one scribbling by Paul cannot be found. And to, to, to them, that's missing scripture. How can I tell you scripture is missing? That was Bollinger was speaking. And he was saying, no, 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 no. That this thing he's saying is correct. If he says that one is correct, then a letter of Paul must be missing. Yet, he came out. That's the point I'm going to make. He came out of the death of who? Stephen. I'm talking about the prolongation of the days of Jesus Christ. So all the things that he did and he started to do, let me add one to it, we are supposed to do today. Literally give our lives for the redemption of many. And that's why all those 11 apostles of his died like that. He could have had them die in peace. 
But he said, no. How will people know that what you are saying is really true? And many atheists have come to believe because people died to defend the fact that he rose again from the dead. And they say, say it's a lie. He said, how can it be a lie? You don't get it. I ate with him for three weeks. For six weeks he was with us. You say, I should say it's a lie because I want to live on this earth. To them it was ridiculous. That after he rose again from the dead, we were together for a long time. And then we saw him ascend to heaven. And he said, in my father's house there are many dwelling places. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. And I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. So I should not deny him because I want to stay here. I feel like doing worker. You're doing like, you come and get away. No, that's how, see, let me say something to you. Some of these we call temptations because we have not seen anything. Some of the things we call temptations. Let me pray for you eh? that God will continually give you visions of his will and of heaven. Say amen. Many of the things we call tempting. You know, there are things maybe I've gone through and all of that. And I want to impress the Lord, you know, that was not the temptation. That is like, I didn't expect credit. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So you resisted that temptation. Who will not resist if they know what I know? Are you getting my point? Of course now. Some things are not just... So when you say deny Christ, deny Christ, you have not seen anything. You haven't seen anything. Those who stayed with him, ate with him, and saw him ascend to heaven, they couldn't deny. They were not candidates for denial. Because his ascension showed them that this life is temporal. And he had told them that don't fear anybody that can kill the flesh. So it was not an issue. So you want to behead somebody? I think. Now I may be wrong. I think that's why Peter was sleeping. <laughs> no one arrested him. Is it sure that did not want him to go? Peter was asleep. The angel had to wake him up. Say, your brethren say you can't go. And when Paul was going to stay behind, he said he had to reason about it. And he realized that it would be profitable labor. I, I pray we'll get to that point. That this earth in itself, we don't want anything there. He said, I'm in a strait. I like to always quote that King James. I'm in a strait between two. Whether to depart and we'll be, be with Christ, which he said is what? It's far better. Or stay here. He said, but after reasoning about it, I realized it to mean, it to mean profitable labor. What it means profit is not for himself. It's on the earth. There are things I have not written about. Ah, I was supposed to do a leader's, leader's teaching when I come to Ephesus. Ah, I can't go now. There are some things I was supposed to set in motion. The Lord taught me something about, about 30 years ago. Which I've kept till now is thinking. Ah, no, I need to gather Titus, uh, Timothy, you know, Aristarchus, Nophilemon. I will need to have a meeting. So when the man was sure everything was done. Now, what I'm going to say is that for him, every moment in life was supposed to be for function. Because for them, heaven, real. Paul had been there a number of times. You know how Paul learned his own uh, gospel? Jesus used to appear to him physically. And he would sit down and say, Paul, where did we stop? Paul said, okay, you were talk, telling, about, telling me about um, the night you were betrayed and what happened. Yes, I, I remember that. I just want to be sure that you are paying attention. Okay, so what happened after that was this. When we got to the, uh, got to the cross, this was what the, the Father was doing. That was when the wall of partitioning between Gentiles and Jews were broken. So anybody that's in me right now is neither a Jew nor a Gentile. Paul said, does Peter know that? So I tried to tell him he couldn't, he couldn't hear it. 
And that's why I have chosen you. That's why I'm giving this lecture in private. And Paul will continue to write. That's what happened. So such a person, you want to scare him with, I will kill him. No, think about it. Say, we are going to burn you at the stake. And the guy looked like, eh, stake. Why are you taking so long? That takes a while. Why don't you just cut off the head? You think I'm joking? No, 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 no. I think you don't know anything. I don't think you're joking. I think you don't know that. You shouldn't threaten me with this. It's not a threat. And by the way, the power of life and death is not in your hands. Only two people will decide when I die, me and the Lord. That's why I prayed the prayer I prayed earlier. You know what we need there? That's why, have you not seen the Bible? Paul never prayed for people that, may you have money, may you have, may you break through. <laughs> he said as matters of fact. In fact, when he wanted to tell Philippians how to pray, he said, pray so you can get it out of your mind. Did you notice that? He said, be careful, be anxious about nothing. But with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let what? Your request be made known unto God. What's the thing that God will give you? The peace of God. That's what, look, Paul, Paul was saying, get out of your mind. These are not the things you should be thinking about. Whatever is true, lovely, just, of good reports, if anything is of, of praise, think on these things. Stop thinking of your problems. What the problem stay in my mind? Cast over to the Lord. Just cast to the Lord. And then the peace of God. Now, when you wanted to pray for people, ha, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That is, <laughs> there is what you know. Oh, God. One prayer I pray for myself, Lord, help me to see from above and not from below. When you see from below, everything is, clou- clou- is cloudy. You are not clear. You give material things more value than they really have. But when you see from above, it's clearer. You will see po- the purpose for your life. You know the things, like Paul told the Philippians also, that they may approve the things that are what? Excellent. You see from above, you know what is important and what is not important. You know the things that are excellent. I'm talking about why people could die for Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you stay with him for three, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, eating with him, dining with him, and you watch him ascend to heaven, nobody can threaten you with what? That's why I pray for Christians, though, and for myself, too. May God give us open eyes. Spiritually open eyes. When you want to pray every day, pray that one for yourself. It's important. So my emphasis. So we are doing the work that Jesus began. We are prolonging his days on this earth. We are the prolongation of the days of Jesus Christ. We are to do what he was doing. I hope you're getting my point. And there are things that he was supposed to do. But because his life was broken into phases, we are part of another phase of his life. Let me explain what I say. For example, when he was on the earth, he preached the gospel, but only to the Jews. Did you notice that? He went around their villages teaching. He taught, the, he said it, I have not been sent to any but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So everything he preached was to them. He focused. Focused so much that for you to get anything out of him, the Jews had to intercede for you. Remember the, 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 um, the Roman centurion? It was the Jewish leader that begged him. It's very nice for our people. He built a synagogue. So based on their intercession, he listened to him. The Syrophoenician woman showed up. He looked and said, Ah, you want me to take the children's bread and give to dogs? And when he sent the disciples out, he said, Don't go even to Samaria. Stay only with what? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then the day came 
to show that his life had changed or was about to change. They said the Greeks were looking for him. And he did not answer them. They went to Philip, Philip went to Andrew, and they said, the Greeks are looking for you. He just looked at them and walked away. And he knew the time had come to go to the cross. Because the next phase was what he now told them, go ye into all the world. So he needed to go to the cross first. Then he'll come down again, in quote from the cross, in resurrection, and begin to preach to all the world. And we are the prolongation of his days. So we are now the ones. The next phase of his life, we are now part of the body. He now said, well, the first phase went to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now we are going, he said, you will start where? In Jerusalem. Then you extend around to cover the whole of Judea. Extend into Samaria. And then into what? most part of the world. And that was a fulfillment of what just at the beginning. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. What am I saying? So the next phase of his life, we're the ones living it now. We're the ones living it. The Greeks couldn't see him. He told them essentially, wait. They couldn't see him. He said, wait. They came. Went to Andrew. Andrew went to Philip. Who went to who first? Anyway. They turned to each other. They came to him. The Greeks are looking for you. Ah! He said, the time has come, but the time has not come. You understand what I'm saying? He realized that it was not imminent, but they couldn't see me now. So let's go to the cross first. Then I will send you guys to them. And just by the way, when the church did not agree to go, persecution arose in Jerusalem. And those that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the gospel. But they were funny people. They will go everywhere to preach the gospel to the Jews. <laughs> yeah, go and read it. That's how they used to behave. They will travel rich and go say, where's the Jewish synagogue? They will now be saying, the redeemer that Moses promised, that Abraham believed God for, that Jacob prophesied, he has come. And those one will be excited. So God put all of them aside and collected Paul. And before he collected Paul, you know what he did? He made sure Paul felt useless. Yes, eh? go and kill somebody important. You know, there's a way you commit murder. You know you, you're not supposed to leave. So Paul went and killed Stephen. He said, good. He now collected him. He said, you know you're supposed to die. Paul said, no, I know, I know. If I don't die two times already. He said, don't worry, you won't die now. I've forgiven you. But now I own you. Pata, pata. You understand? Like Jeremiah, wherever I send you to go, you will go. Whatever I tell you to say, you will say. It was hard, but Paul had to do it. But that was a fulfillment of the prolongation of his days. And he said another thing. The father judges no man. He has committed what? All judgment to the son. If we are the prolongation of his days, you know what that means? We are the ones that have the judgment of God in our mouths. If you say we start in the church, he said whatever you bind on earth, forget it is bound in heaven. And he said in the context of forgiving people, if your brother offends you, go to him. If, you, if he hears you, you have won your brother. If he doesn't listen, take somebody. Basically, he's playing with fire. Just by the way, can I say something? Don't let all the brethren gather and leave you alone. You will die. You know this kind of thing that when they are talking, say, no, that one, we have left him. You're in trouble. You know what they have done? Even if they don't formally do it, they have excommunicated you and thrown you out to Satan. It's not a joke. What I've said, I, listen, 
If the church understands it, eh, we won't go to court for anything. Never. Every church, PFN, it's just that the thing we are pursuing self, eh, it's God that will help us. We need to pray. We need to pray. That our ministers' meeting, we have to do it. I feel sorry for pastors. No, no, not for pastors. I feel sorry for the world. Many steps. First, because the light of the world is the church, then the light of the church really is the ministers there of the elders, the pastors, you know, the preachers. So if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Let's not even get there yet. Let's just leave that one. What we should do, really, the church should have what in the world now will qualify to be arbitration unit bodies. That when you have a complaint against a brother, take him there. Say I give Pastor Okimute 500,000 naira. He says he's going to buy beans. That when he brings the beans, we will sell it, and the half of the money, profit will be mine. And we agree. He has sold the beans. He's not telling me that he's owing school fees. Was that part of the deal? And I noticed that he went and bought a car. And he's owing me beans money. So the others will now sit down and say, Is it true? Uh, yeah, you know, you never can tell. Things happen. You may, you may plan to pay, but, you know, things now happen. <laughs> the others will look and say, eh. Uh-huh. So what did he do with his own profit? I heard that you guys make 150000 75 is his own. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, you see, if you check it, look, look. My landlord was uh, asking for his money, so I just had to get... The, the elders would just decide. That your car you just bought, go and sell it. And give his money the next one week. If you don't do that, don't enter that car. Once they decide, whatever they bind on earth is bound in heaven. Of course, God will say there, there will be one Okokumaiko uh, boy that will just, you know, I, beg, I need my car, I need my car. I can't be selling car because I'm owing somebody. What kind of thing is that? I will not brethren. They will leave him. And then God is through with you. Only you will be saved. How you will come out of the cave, you will be wondering. Not Dangote himself, I just miss cement loaded truck. Collect your car and squeeze it. And one angel will bring you out last moment. And they just say scratch. Scratch you small so that you will not think it's a dream. <laughs> because they don't scratch, you think it's a dream. Next time they say, when someone say, I'm reporting to the elder, I say, no, 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 how much is it? I'm, don't go to those elders. <laughs> you will so pay. You know the truth? That's how the church is supposed to be. You are supposed to hear that me, me and you have trouble. I say, I'm going to see Peter. Ananias. The same Peter of Ananias? I will say yes. He said, let's say, we are friends. Why are we arguing? So you realize that we are friends. Because you know you are guilty. Tell the truth. You say, okay. Thank you. you know, I told that money was 80,000. I thought the guy gave me 120. Say, this is your portion. In fact, to make you happy, I'm buying you Coke. Take. Be adding to it. Okay, do you want everything? Because you are thinking of Peter and James. <laughs> ah! James and John. John, not the talk, but when they do it like this, you know, go see again. The court will never see us. They won't. There will be no need. We'll be too afraid of the elders. We'll be too afraid of the elders. I told you the story that there's a particular political big weight in Nigeria. Right now he's in prison. It was the elders of the church that did it to him. I heard the story when it was still early. One man that used to go to the church, when he told me the story, he said the elders looked at him and said, eh, because of your political power. 
And these are, you know, these are normal elders, just normal church, just church deacons. And it was, his matter was brought to them. They, called, they summoned him. He didn't come. They reminded him again, you're supposed to see us. The fact that you're holding a big government position does not change the fact that you're a Christian. And you're a member of this assembly. Come. He didn't show. So they joined their hands and cut him off. Next thing he knew, crisis began around him, which has not ended till today, more than 15 years later. The judgment, the problem is that, you know, this worldliness, that has so entered the church. Oh, let me even say. The judgment, that's what I'm going to say. Part of the prolongation of the days of Jesus is affecting his judgments on the earth. I don't know why I'm just being so bad this judgment matter. Well, I know why. Because it's the inspiration of the Almighty. I looked around our country. There is injustice. And when I say injustice, I don't mean that headsman is your village. That's not the injustice I'm talking about. I mean little things like all of us we kill. Red light is in front. Everybody stop. Then one man, because his car has siren, he's not carrying anybody, he's not, in a, he's not going anywhere more than the rest of us. And, like, wah, 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 wah. and I go against one way so he can cross. It's injustice. Or how people it's injustice? This is injustice. Because no one is saying justice. People are thinking of they are thinking of something else. It's an abuse of power. He's abusing that siren. It's meant for him to clear the road when a very important dignitary has to get somewhere in a hurry and is working for us. Not that he's richer than us. For example, he's our governor. He, has, he doesn't get the number of hours of sleep I get in a day, so he shouldn't be in traffic the way I stay in the traffic. So he warns me about it, then I leave the way. Let him go. Or fire is somewhere. The fire truck cannot wait for the red light. Once he appears, he puts on his siren. All of us would know there's an emergency. And then somebody is sick, an ambulance. Have you seen ambulance carrying cops and they are still blowing siren? When I hear wah, wah behind me and I look and I see poster, I'm blocking the road. People are not going anywhere. Those things are not ambulances. They are called hearses. They are, they are, you know what they call a hearse? It's carrying a corpse. They are going to be dead forever. What's the hurry? <laughs> Once I was, I was in Luz, <laughs> they came to carry a corpse. One of those uh, vehicles, they call ambulance. It's not an ambulance, okay? As, as he took the car, he started moving like this. He put the thing on, you know? The guy didn't know who I was. I ran, took a shortcut so I could get away because he was taking along the road. I just took a shortcut, got away, hit the car, said, my friend, put that thing off. The way he switched it off, eh, you would think the inspector general of police. But I was so angry. One, you, you are in hospital premises. You are carrying somebody that's going to be dead forever. <laughs> and you are putting on siren for us to do what now? If, you, if it was Lazarus, I can understand. <laughs> that would have made sense, but now, all of this, of course, we, we abuse things. But it's injustice. There's injustice in the land. I told you that day I heard about one kind of injustice. My skin crawled. I didn't know somebody could do that to a human being and be complaining about kidnappers. And you are the governor of a state, and you do it to a fellow... I don't know which word to use now. Not just as a fellow Nigerian. The person is not from far. A citizen of a state, either of your state or close by to you, you wield power and punish a man like this? 
I was so grieved when I heard the story. You know, there are things I shouldn't hear, but when I hear it, I can't, I can't just let it fly. I say, unless God is not alive, he will judge this man. He has to. When I heard it, and funny, I suddenly remembered that somebody assumed that that man, that he's very mean. It suddenly started making sense. When I saw the way he would oppress people, listen, I just want to tell you something. If you're an oppressor of people you think don't have power, you can't live long. See, if you are planning to live long, get out of Nigeria. Because I personally will charge the air against you. I won't mention your name. I don't need to know you. But according to divine principles, you can't. If you know nobody is fatherless, is a stranger, or what they will call a widow in their context, doesn't have a husband, does not have children, you know, somebody to stand up for her, and you oppress the person, God has drawn his sword and is tapping it on the concrete in front of your house. Don't come out, stay inside that house. Don't come out, stay inside that house. People don't know what they call. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you two stories about God. This one happened when I was in school. I didn't hear it personally. I heard it later. I didn't hear it that time. One brother was there later. You know, these boys are going to join cult in school. I thought I had a girlfriend that was chasing a girl. I don't know which one of the two. But this guy came to church. Say, I'm born again. Leave me alone. The boy said, I lie. You know the way cult boys can be. So the girl came and reported to the brethren. So they looked at him and said, which one is this one? Because he joined uh, or he joined uh, uh, Black Axe. So the, the brethren joined Heaven Axe. They joined their hands and cursed him. He tried to cross the express in front of Uniben. A vehicle coming from Lagos. Lift him into the air. Hit his head on the concrete, on the tar. He died there. The, the girl was free. I can mention the name of some of the brethren that did that. Too. One of them is a pastor in Portacot. So what is it? You join Black Axe. We now won't sleep again. Okay. Let's show you the kind of people we are dealing with. They joined their hands and cursed him in the name of the Lord. Where now? Let your cops get a girlfriend. We don't know the power of Christ, eh? When God gives his people over to persecution, and you are the one persecuting them, they mark your time more. Because his anger is bought for a moment. And one thing he always does, if you he will send you to punish Israel. Then turn around and judge you so severely. Like, ah, but now you send us now. He said, did you have to hit them that hard? <laughs> he said, have you not heard it before? You know what that means? It's a proverb in Western Nigeria. Say, if we say, go and behave like a slave. You get to behave like a son. It's a proverb. You say, go and tell that man. If he doesn't bring my money now, I will beat him. He will regret his life. You get a good afternoon, sir. My guy said that he's been waiting for that payment. When can you make it? <laughs> what they told you is different. You, you don't go there and say, oh, God said you're in trouble. They will kill you there. <laughs> then pay the guy after and tell the guy sorry. The Lord is good. Christians, the power behind them, don't try it. Second story I heard of. One man died. As soon as he died, they called one lady. So the person is dead. Ghastly motor accident that split his head. The girl just hissed. Quench the phone and say, I knew he wouldn't live long because he had raped her before. And it was a trusted person. It wasn't like she was living loosely. Ah, come and help me. Come and help me. Nice help she go do. And the girl just looked and said, Unless God is not alive. They're not go caught. When they carry you go caught, be happy. But when they leave you to God, deadly. Some people will not lie to you. They say, God is a good God. There's a difference between being good and being righteous. 
A righteous God is very, very terrible when he's angry. There's, I'm talking about that injustice. And God says, listen, I can't bless people until it is cleansed. At least until I make it a, a how do I say it now? A fearful thing. Until I, people, that is the impunity, I have to cure it. I, I'm not saying there will be no evil people ever. But the one that everybody, that is, it now gets to a point in which those who depart from evil make themselves a prey. It's wrong for a society. It is wrong for a society. That those who depart from evil are now the ones that are afflicted. It is wrong in a society. But remember, the father does what? Judges no man. But he has committed what? All judgment to whom? The son. And we are what? The prolongation of the days of the son. What Jesus began to do, we continue to do. There are things that may not be apparent in his, that phase. That's why I gave the story of preaching to Gentiles. But in the second phase, he's doing it now through his church. And I began to tell us last time, let's not forget it, because the weapons of our warfare are what? Not carnal, but they are mighty. mighty. How? Through God. Thank you very much. They are mighty through God. That's my emphasis. A brother came the other day, sent a message to me. And he said that, um, I don't know, did he ask me directly or send somebody? But I talked to him, Shah. Yeah, he asked me directly. He said some of his friends had gathered, you know, they had important, powerful Christians. You understand? When I say powerful, I mean militarily powerful, arms powerful, you know. People in the police, in the army, in DSS, you know. Now, for those who don't know, DSS are our state security service. So that they wanted to start going around arresting pastors that do fake miracles, fake crusades. Remember that, that woman in Nigeria? There are three different pastors. Yeah, they were working the same miracle. I want to say, see power. I kept those videos here today. I watched them once in a while to remind me of what iniquity and wicked stupidity looks like. Yes, what it looks like. Three, just by the way, I know I like to digress. If you want to even be sin, sinful, use your sense. This is modern day. You can lie that lie 20 years ago, but this is, the thing will show up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and people will put one and two together. They don't have to put one and two, one and one, so they'll put together. The same woman. One I saw, you know that your prophet, son of the prophet, I used to tell you that guy was funny. Handsome, but very, very, very dangerous. Fake. Fake insiders. The other one even kept quiet. He was still defending this thing. You know his ministry? They, they came to the defense now. That what happened was that he healed the woman. The woman lost the healing. They had to go and get the healing in that place again. <laughs> it's crazy. People are very... You know people that God said this one. <laughs> I will handle you myself. Because with everything, they were still defending. Anyway, just let me sit on my message. So the brother came and said, please, oh. They've not, they've not asked him. His friends have asked him. He's a minister. To join them. So they're catching those people and be arresting them. So I told him simply, you're not an angel. <laughs> Let them grow together. Both the tares and the wheat. The time of God's harvest is coming. It's the angels of God that will separate them. Don't worry. The weapon, now back to what I was saying, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God. They are not things we do ourselves. We don't use police and DSS. And Nigeria Army, 
Department of Military Intelligence to be arresting fake pastors. If really they are fake and we are genuine, then let us go to our Father who is in heaven. Let him be the one to judge. I said, please don't join them. They are taking you away from your ministry. Your ministry is to preach the word of God. And like I was, uh, we are getting to now, we've been talking about it for some time. And to declare his judgment into the air. The word of God is alive. We talked about it last time. The example I gave last time, we have, because of the COVID season, we are obeying the government regulations. It says that everybody must wear a mask when you are in public gathering like this. And I'm sure they are going to intensify it again. Why don't you check what is going on in India right now? So we said that that's why we have at the door no mask, no entry. But that's a, that's a passive word. It's not a living word. It's passive. What does that mean? You read it, you decide whether you want to obey or you don't want to obey. And it cannot enforce it. You can pass through without a mask. But if it was the word of God, which we released, and it says no mask, no entry, the word of God will be looking. It will only let you know there's what is called no mask, no entry, so that he won't have to handle you. So you will respect yourself and wear the mask. But you will not enter if you don't have the mask. The word of God is as if they put armed guards, bouncers at the door to enforce no mask, no entry. So they stand there. No mask, no entry. When you look at the two Goliaths, you know you will not enter. <laughs> and if you try, what did they do? They'll carry you and throw you out and tell you no mask, no entry. That's how the word of God works. It has the ability to enforce its own instructions. And it says it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is alive and active, able to descend between the soul, separate between the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. What is that telling us? It can go into the hearts of people. You'll be saying that God punish wickedness, and it punishes a good man. In your own estimate. Because the person appears good to you. But God said, no, I judge the intention of his heart. Do you get my point? Yeah, his heart is not right. His heart is wicked. All the good things you have seen him do for you, he was trapping you in the future. So instead of you lamenting, relax, I judged him. He's as evil against you as your grandmother-in-law. The one you claim is a witch now. Your wife's grandmother, you say, they told you she's a witch. That this man that's been nice to you is worse than her. Because you can't see it. But the word that is alive and active, it can descend the thoughts and intents of the heart. So how do we execute God's judgment? It's not by fighting any individual. It is by raising our voices. I began by saying, you must understand, we are the prolongation of the days of Jesus. And one of the things he, he, we have to do as part of his assignment is to constantly fill the air with his word, with his truth. Not just in obeying it, that is number one. That qualifies us for the prophetic function. Personal obedience, personal righteousness, personal work in holiness, you know, qualifies us for the prophetic function. Because we don't want to be hurt by it. It's important. Because anything you say, God won't say because you're the one that said it, it will not hurt you. Do you get what I'm saying? That if you say God should judge his obedience, you better be obedient. And that's why God waits for your own obedience to be complete. Because, listen, <laughs> if he doesn't, he has to hurt his own people. So walking in righteousness, 
Walking in holiness qualifies us for that prophetic function. And I'm emphasizing again that we have to do that function. It's a job that God has given to his body. It's easy every time to complain about what is going on. But let us lift the word of God into the air and let it work. Let me remind us again. It's what we do every day. You wake up in the morning, you do it. Not only every day, every time. You're going to bed at night, you do it. You wake up in the morning and declare the lordship of Jesus into the air. You have to. We, it's an assignment we have. It's an assignment we have. See, in this country, we, listen, you know one of the things God has done for us? He has shown us that there is no salvation anywhere but in him. Let me just explain something to you. Again, not meaning to scare you, but realize you have to pray. The amount of crisis in Nigeria right now, Nigeria army can't cope. That is, let me give an example. You heard of what happened in um, Eboi. Was it yesterday? All right. At the same time in River State. If they deploy military personnel to that, they reduce the amount of military personnel available to fight in northern Nigeria. And right now, they are not even enough. You heard the Niger governor say that at least 50 communities have been taken over by ISIS, you know, Boko Haram, and they have erected flags there. And Nigerian military, they know. It wasn't information for them. But why did you know those states are very large? You know, if you are from eastern Nigeria, you don't get the point. When they, tell, when you hear, when they hear Nasarawa, you think it's Anambra. When you hear about you, you think it's Enu. You know, you, you drive through three, if the roads were good, you pass all the eastern states in one hour. Ah, think about if the roads are good. You start from Anambra, run. You don't pass through Enugu. Don't reach a boy. Okay, no, that way you are going to Porto, uh, to Cameroon. That is, <laughs> if you enter Enugu, you turn this way. You don't enter Imo now, Abi. Okay, we bam. We don't enter Abia. You never finish. Two hours maximum. Good or bad road. When they put you, say go across Kaduna. You will drive. You will be t- look. <laughs> when I went to Sokoto, those days we used to go by a road from Abuja and. You've not seen a driver until you see a driver from the north. When a northern driver is driving, there are two things that affect the way he reasons. One is a fatalist. You know what they call a fatalist? That is, anything is Allah's wish. If I die, it's not my fault. It's not the brake's fault. It's not my overspeeding's fault. It's Allah's wish. Number two, where he's going is far. It's very far. When we leave, they will stop only once, all right, in Kaduna. And the journey from Abuja to Sokoto, with that kind of speed, is eight hours. And if you go and count the number of states you pass, go and check on the map, there are not many. Those states are massive. They are big. All the eastern states will fit into one and a half northern states. Oh, the broad says say one. Yes, all the eastern states will fit into Niger State alone. I, 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 that's what people don't understand. You know, to judge things in this country, you have to be traveled. You have to know what's going on. All the eastern states will fit into Niger State. Where I'm going there, so Nigerian military is spread thing there. And that's the problem they've had with Boko Haram. They, they will liberate an area. If they leave too few soldiers to hold it, those ones will come and kill everybody. In fact, even though we are streaming, I heard that they've closed most of their 
camps in some of those states because they don't have enough manpower to hold them. So they now retreat to large camps where they will have enough you know, manpower and firepower to repel any of these attacks. There's only one problem. It leaves all the villagers exposed. So at the same time, some people will now gather in the east and start fighting them. They are spreading. Look, one guy one day I was watching on TV, um, watching his video. He knelt down in the church in Abuja and begging Christians to please pray for Nigerian soldiers. He's, a military, he's an officer. He, he, he got on his knees. He said, you don't understand what they're having to face. He was begging, please pray. That was the fellow that told the story of how he ran into an ambush somewhere in Bono State. He was the commanding officer of that, um, that um, what was they use for them? Is it, not, not battalion. Battalion is big. Like a company. Yeah, a company of soldiers. Yes, a company. So when those guys finished spraying his bullet, his vehicle, of course, first donated an RPG into their life. You know, called an RPG. That one first blew things into pieces. Then they, he was driving a jeep. They leveled the jeep like this with bullets. That when his brigadier saw the vehicle, he said he couldn't have come out from here. He says, I was sitting here. The guy said, no, it's not possible. Nobody sits down here and they redo your vehicle like this. And you still come out, no scratch on you. He says, sir, I was the one driving. That was the person that knelt, he, 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 he got on his knees and said, please, Christian, I'm begging. Pray for the Nigerian soldiers. I hope you know it's war. It's real war. It's not a, it's real war. At the end of everything, if you're a Christian, you get on your knees. And you know God answers prayers. Oh, he answers prayers. He answers prayers. You have to get on your knees. Beyond get on your knees, open your windows and look out and declare the word of God into the air. Asking for mercy upon the land. But very important, you have to constantly release that word. We have a job to do. You know, I, I bless God for Enugu. But the average Enugu resident does not know what's going on. They are at peace. You know when Pastor Poggi landed at the airport... <laughs> In fact, I think I was the first person he saw. Well, I was waiting for him outside, just outside the door. As soon as he came out, ah, welcome, sir. <laughs> he said, this, I, I was about to say, welcome to Enugu, the peaceful city. Before I said it, he said, this is your peaceful city. He said, you can see it from the air. He said, even before they landed, he said, ha, ha, see this peaceful city. So just before I said it, he said, I said, ah, you took the word from my mouth. I was about to say, welcome into the peaceful city of Enugu. So the typical Enugu person doesn't know. They don't know what are going. They don't know what are going. They go to their room. They will sleep, and they wake up. They don't have. They don't. They didn't even lock their door. They forgot. One day, my mother-in-law called. Say, where's the wife? I said, she's not back. Ah, look at the time. I said, mom, it's seven thirty. No, no, seven. You know, she's thinking from Bini. Do you understand my point? I said, we go out at 11 o'clock. Uh, it doesn't, I, know, I know you people, are, but it doesn't mean, I feel like I say, this is not Benin City. Mommy, relax. If my wife is not back home at 10 o'clock, I'll just go, where are you? He said, okay, I'm in okay, Mute's house. I went, came to see his wife. I said, okay, do greet her for me. I go, hand, that is, that when you finish, you will come home. You will horn at 11 o'clock. And I'll tell one of the small boys in the house to go open the gate. 
and you go there, throw the gate open wide, and stand there, and we play with his dog. <laughs> then you have to tell him, close the gate, and I say, oh, sorry, then he'll close the gate. That's why we, I want to tell you, no man to pray. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> they don't understand. They don't get it. We thank God for it, too. But listen, there's a reason why God gave us that amount of peace. It's not so that we can sleep and be happy while everybody else is in distress. No. We are a spring. Somebody say amen. amen. We are an oasis. Water is supposed to ooze from here. Run a hundred cubits and things begin to grow. Run another hundred cubits and more things begin to grow. As water is going on the left and the right, vegetations arise. That's what this is for. That's what it is for. I went to that trying to explain something that Listen, there's no human being right now that can solve Nigerians' problems. There's not. There's none. Whether it is ESN or IPOB, the boys who are fighting there, they are not joking. You may disagree with them, but they are convinced. I don't know whether you get my point. They are convinced. They, they know they, are, they will probably die in the process. So they are fighting what they believe is a just cause. You may disagree with them. I want to just look at it from that perspective. They are not fighting for money. They are not kidnapping anybody for money. That's why they go to military checkpoints. That's what they are targeting. They want trouble, they go to a police station. Now, you know what that tells you? They are convinced. And that kind of conviction, you can't beat it back with weapons. No, you don't. You don't beat such convictions back with weapons. It's too difficult for you. don't even have the manpower or the money or the time. Nigerian men can't afford to be fighting the number of fronts that we're offering to them. And it's not anybody's fault. Though. It's a spiritual problem. Oh, that's where I'm going. It's not anybody's fault. It's what? It's, when I say not anybody's fault, now you can't hold one person responsible. It's our fault as human beings, but it, it, the effect is coming from the spiritual angle. So my emphasis, therefore, is this. People of God, we have work to do. God says, pray like this, thy will be done. I've said it before, that will does not mean, please, so if you want something to do, happen. No, he said, my will has been revealed to you. Take that will and declare it. The will of God be done in this land in the name of Jesus. It's something that you know. It's not as if like, we don't know whether God wants sun to rise from the east or the west. It depends. You know, this is global warming. The sun can rise from the center tomorrow. No. Will of God means that that which has been revealed in scriptures must be done on this earth. And we have the assignment as the people of God. I said prophets in this context. When he said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm, he's not talking about specialist prophets. He's talking about the whole body of Christ. We are a prophetic people. Listen to me. We are the ones that can stop the problems in this nation. I have this inspiration. I believe that the Lord is saying, before there is peace, there has to be justice. Yes. Not just the way we are thinking about it. Though. It's justice the way he's thinking about it. So what is your role, therefore? Declare my justice into the air. Declare my justice into the air. Open up your Bibles, please. Now, it's not only the justice of God that we need to declare. That's just what we are focusing on for now. If you want the land to be productive also, there are words to speak into the air. All the words of scripture, we are meant to release them into the air. 
when the earth is so full of the knowledge of the glory of God, as the water covers the sea, then the lamb will be able to lie down with the lion. That's when the child will be able to put his hand in the viper's den and not be afraid. That is when peace reigns on the earth. But first of all, the whole earth must be full. This our land must be full of the knowledge of the glory of God. That's what we are emphasizing. We hear it, we live by it, but then beyond that, we wake up every morning and declare it. The words that we declare, those words go out and they are alive. They are alive. They end troubles. You know, when I see some, when I hear stories of politicians sometimes, eh, I hear some people, only God can stop them. You know, votes can't stop some people. Because the, their villagers will still vote for them, no matter what they do. You've heard the story of uh, the axe and the bush. You've heard the story? That the bush kept on getting smaller and smaller. But the trees kept on voting for the axe. Because it, the handle is made of wood, so it's one of them. Meanwhile, it was the axe chopping them down. Time to vote. All the trees will vote for the axe. Why? It's our brother. He's the reason they will not develop. I've looked at it. It doesn't bother me again. You can't reason with human beings. We are sending the word out. There are politicians that, without our saying it, but the interpretation the word we have is this. If you collect nomination form, I will give you a stroke. Because I know you will win. If I leave your people to do democracy for you. But you are the reason the same people are not making progress. So what will I do? I will stop you. You know the world does that. Say, so I'm going to stop you. I won't even let you, that is, before, before the day of voting, you will be no more. I will replace you with somebody far better than you. That's what the world does. So when I see politicians be raising whatever they are doing, I said, listen, let's just do our own job. Let us, the church, do what? Our own job. What is our own job? We lift up the word of God into the air. We declare the name of God. We magnify God into the air. Let's open, that's a put somewhere. So that's why we read Psalm 2. And I'm saying that one again. Listen, before we go to the one I want us to read, let's go back to Psalm 2. Go back to Psalm number 2. He said from verse 8, Ask of me, and I will give the nations as your inheritance. Who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? The church. Yes, he was talking to the son. But we are what? The prolongation of his days. So he was talking to the son, but we are in the son. He said, ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of Nigeria as your possession. He said, you shall break them with a rod of iron, and you shall shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, now this is the word of God. We are releasing the game to the air. Show discernment. Somebody say amen. amen. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Amen. Worship the Lord with reverence. Amen. Answer me. Amen. And rejoice with trembling. Amen. Do homage to the Son so that He doesn't become angry and you perish out of the way. Amen. He says, His wrath may soon be kindled. And how blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Those of you saying amen, you are blessed. Because your refuge is in the Lord. Now, this is the prophetic word. Everyone who arises against the sun will perish out of the way. Listen, no matter what state you are in, 
or what religion you practice, if you determine in your heart that the son will not prosper, you know who the son is? That's the church. If you determine the son will not prosper, I'm speaking into the air. You will perish out of the way. Kiss the son lest he be angry. I'm saying to you, wherever you are, in whichever nation, in Nigeria it is so, in the whole of Africa it is so, in the Middle East it will be so also. In Pakistan it will be so. Wherever you are, any nation, any leader that gangs up and says the sun will not prosper, he will perish out of the way. From the east of this nation to the west of this nation. From the north to the south. Listen, the sun will prosper. He will reign. He will rule. He will flourish. And anyone that says no is out of the way. In the name of Jesus Christ. Unless God, our Father, is not the true and living God. I said it earlier. The Jesus we are serving. It's not the historical Jesus. It's not the one in the Bible that when you close the Bible, he stays inside there. When you open it in the morning, he'll tell you a few stories. My mother was a virgin. Then we ran away as we were babies. And then they were killing everybody around. Then the, son, the, 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 the angel now said, Arise, take this child and the mother and run to Egypt. Then when they said she come back, story, story, story. Oh, yeah, CRS, GSS 1. That's not the Jesus we're dealing with. No, Jesus we're dealing with. Go read by in Revelation chapter 1. He said, I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and of Hades. He said, I hold the seven stars in my hand, and I walk amongst the seven lampstands. That's Jesus we're talking about. He comes to church. Probably sitting at the back and listening to what I'm saying. He said, Banker, are you speaking for me? Or are you speaking your own thoughts? And I said, Lord, cleanse me of every thought that is not yours. That's Jesus we're talking about. He's the one that puts guards around your house. He's the one that, that grants peace that you are surprised. He's the reason your children open the gate at 11 o'clock and they're not afraid. Because he said to you, you didn't realize it. He said, you will know no trouble. He said, your peace will not be disturbed. Amen. Is that Jesus we're dealing with? He's not one distant God we read about lived 2,000 years ago. No. No, 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 no. He's the one that gives his angels charge concerning you. That the, oh yeah, he's going out, go with him. And tells the angels, I don't even want to hear that I hit a stone and there's now bleeding. The angels say, no problem, sir. They go buy a straw shoe, say, bros, wear this one. We don't want to holler. They say, I can't afford it. Somebody say, no, no, I'll pay half of it for you. You pay the balance half. And you think, is the angels trying to keep their job? <laughs> because they said he cannot even dash his foot against a stone. So the angelic manifestation, you now have good shoes that is not dashable against a stone. He said, oh boy, now our job with the keep will not be love we have for you. We hearken unto the voice of his word. That is the Jesus we are dealing with. Now I'm giving you the heart of that Jesus right now. Anyone that stands in my way is going down. Yeah, that's what he said. You stand in my way, I crush you to powder. Yes. That stone is not just a foundation stone. It crushes people. Turn them to powder. Turn them to powder. He said, if you fall on him, you know what happens? You are broken. If he falls on you, you are pulverized. Oh, I can't seem to leave this psalm too. He said, presidents, president, a Nigerian president too. That's what I mean. That's why I say president. 
not just presidents, we're speaking to the Nigerian president, show discernment. Presidents in Africa, show discernment. Presidents in Myanmar, show discernment. Every ruler in America, show discernment. Because he said, you must do homage to the son, or he will become angry. And I'm saying to you now, he's on the edge of his anger. His wrath is about to be revealed. See how blessed are all who take refuge in him. Let me say it one more time before we go to the next psalm. Anyone, any nation that gathers against the sun is going down. In the name of Jesus Christ. They are going down. Yes, they are going down. They will go down four ways. By natural disaster. Yes, I'm sorry. It's not me. Hey, 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 did I write your scriptures? Don't look at me like that. I did it. Say, God is a good... Shut up. Somebody listen to me saying that I command you to shut up. They don't know any God more than the one that serves ice cream. Better go and learn truth. Four ways they go down. Natural disaster. Sword. Famine. Pestilence. But going down... They will. Let's declare the word of God into the air in our nation. Open your Bibles quickly to the book of Psalms, chapter 95. Let's rise to our feet. Are you there? Which version do we read? Which one does, do most people have? Okay, let's go with New American Standard. I know there's any if all of them are good. I just want the one that I will use and will have most voices rhyming with mine. Now I'm going to call some verses. We, don't read, we won't read all of them. We are going to read from verse one to verse um, the first part of verse seven, and then we'll go on to ninety-six. Is that okay? And then we might go on for that to ninety-seven. All right. Okay, let's read together. Everybody, read one to. Let's go from verse one. Oh, come. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Read that again, verse 3. The Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Verse 4. In whose hands are the depths of the earth, the peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Please wait here. I want us to notice this. Listen. The depths of this nation belong to him. Amen. Say amen. Oh. amen. The peaks of the mountains in this land, they are his also. Amen. Because he made it. Therefore, he reigns over it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's read verse 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Let's stop reading there. I want us to, because there's a break actually there, all right, in the Psalms. Just that the verse did not break it when they were cutting the verses, all right? I want to stop reading here. Now, verse 96. I want to, it's chapter 96. Let's continue reading there. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. 
Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, is to be feared above all gods. Please read that again, verse 4. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, is to be feared above all gods. One more time, verse 4. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, is to be feared above all gods. Verse 5. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the earth. Ascribe to the Lord's glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Yes, he will judge the peoples with equity. Listen to this. We're going to read verse 10 again. Say among the nations what? Say among the nations what? He said he will judge the peoples with equity. Somebody say amen. Amen. We are saying, Lord, arise and judge the peoples. Because indeed you reign over this land. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now read verse um, 11. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. Before the Lord for his coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. Now I want us to read this, that verse 13 like this. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. So just cut it from there. One to let's go. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. Say that one more time. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. Say it again. The Lord is coming to judge the earth. Jesus will judge the world in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. Say the way I said it. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. Let's read 97 from verse 1. The Lord reigns. Yeah, let's go on. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let many islands be glad. Cloud and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. Wait. Read that again. Verse 3. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. One more time. And burns up his adversaries round about. Verse 4. His lightnings lit up the world, and the earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the Most High, of the Holies. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. Amen. Amen. Thus we have declared the Lordship of Jesus over this land. Amen. I said, thus we have declared the Lordship of Jesus over this land. Amen. He will arise as a judge of the whole earth. Amen. He will judge the people in righteousness, Amen. and he will judge the peoples in his glory. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord will deliver his godly ones out of the hands of the wicked. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please, I'm reading from um, verse 10, actually. All right? Let's just read from verse 9 together. Are you there? Yes. I want to, let's go. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all. Read that again. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Now read verse 10. Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who preserves the souls of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Listen to that. He will deliver you from the hand of the wicked. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, everyone in the kidnappers den, deliver them. Amen. Deliver them. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Because you are the one that delivers people from the snares of the fowler. We have, we have escaped. That's what the Bible says. Let them escape. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Confuse their captors. Amen. Confuse their captors. Amen. Let them turn against each other. Amen. Let the innocent in their dens be freed. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. They have drawn their bows and they are ready to fire their arrows. This is the word of the Lord. Their arrows will enter into their own hearts. Amen. Their arrows will enter into their own hearts. Amen. They will fall into a pit that they dug. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. And you are exalted above all gods. Amen. You are exalted above everyone that thinks he's powerful. Amen. You are exalted above everyone who thinks he has authority. Amen. Jesus, you are the Lord most high over this nation. Amen. And you are exalted above all gods. Lord, we are glad in you. Your righteous ones are glad in you. And we give thanks to your most holy name. Can you just raise your hands and give the Lord thanks in your own words? Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Judge of the whole earth, we thank you. The one with mercy for his own children, we thank you. The one with mercy for the righteous, we say thank you. The one with mercy for those who love him, we say thank you. The deliverer of his children. The deliverer of the people of the Son. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. Before we go, quickly flip over to Psalm 91. I just think we should do that before we go. Psalm 91. Just listen to me, then you will say amen at certain times. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I'm speaking to you. Amen. He said, I will say of the Lord. Now, this is what you are saying of the Lord. Say it. It's my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Say that again. My refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. We are saying together, but let me just give you 10 seconds. Say it to him in your own time. Just say the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. You are my deliverer. You are my safety. You are my keeper. You are my keeper. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is a shade at my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep me from all evil. He will watch over my soul. He will guard my going out and my coming in, because he is my keeper. He that does not sleep or slumber, he is my keeper. He that watches over Israel, that's my keeper. Lord, you are my keeper. Lord, you are my keeper. Lord, you are my keeper. Father, we thank you. Now listen to this. He will deliver you from the snare of the trapper. Amen. And from the deadly pestilence. Amen. He will cover you with his feathers. Amen. And under his wings you will seek refuge. Amen. 
His faithfulness will be a shield around you. Amen. His faithfulness will be your protection. Amen. You will not be afraid of the terror by night Amen. or the arrow that, or bullet that flies by day. Amen. You will not be afraid of the deadly pestilence, Amen. of the destruction that lays waste at noon. Amen. I say you will not be afraid. Amen. Even though a thousand falls at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, none shall come near you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because you have said it just now you did. You made the Lord your refuge. Even the most high your hiding place, your dwelling place. Therefore I say to you, in the name of Jesus, no evil will befall you. And no plague will come near your tent. No plague will come near your tent. In the name of Jesus Christ. We said it earlier, this is the living Jesus we are dealing with. Listen to this. He will give his angels charge concerning you. And they will guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon dangerous animals. You will tread upon dangerous people. You will tread in dangerous places. The young lion and the serpent and the cobra, you will trample down. But no evil will befall you. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Because you have loved him, he will deliver you. He will set you securely on high because you have known his name. You will call upon him and he will answer you. He will be with you in the time of trouble. He will rescue you and you will give him praise. I said he will rescue you and you will honor him. Listen, with long life he will satisfy you. And will let you see his salvation. In this your life you will see his salvation. Listen, you are going out and you are coming in. No evil will befall you. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord will surround you. In fact, you are surrounded. Like the the, those chariots of fire, as they were about that mountain surrounding um, Elisha, so would they be around your house. Amen. Listen, they will kill snakes you did not know were there. Amen. They will stamp on, you know, the chariots will roll over the scorpion that wanted to sting you. Amen. They will even kill mosquitoes that will give you malaria. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. the Lord will be a wall of fire round about you. Amen. Oh God, I feel like saying that again. He will be a wall of fire round about you. Amen. It will be a protective cloud over your head. Amen. No evil will befall you. Amen. And no plague will come near your dwelling place. Amen. Peace that has, we have noticed in this land, it will expand. Amen. Every troublemaker that wants to disturb our peace will trouble you in Jesus' name. Amen. We command your spirit to get out of our arena. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We will continue to preach the truth of God. Amen. And let the world know of his righteousness. Amen. Lord, we pray for states around here. here. Not only will Enugu be called safe, Anambra will be called safe. Amen. Kogi and Benue will be called safe. Ebony will be called safe. Imo will be called safe. Amen. Abia will be called safe. Amen. Rivers will be called safe. Amen. Cross River will be called safe. Akwa Ebony will be called safe. Amen. Delta will be called safe. Amen. Edo will be called safe. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Beyond this region, states in the north, they will become safe. Beyond this region, states in the west will become safe. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because he is the Lord, he makes wars to cease. Oh, he has accomplished great things. He is the Lord, he makes wars to cease. Lord, cause wars to cease in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit that troubles this land, Lord, drive it out for us in the name of Jesus. In agreement, we bind it on the earth. Therefore, it is bound in heaven. In the name of Jesus. I will give you praise. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name. 
The Lord is good. Quickly, let me just take a few announcements so we can go home. If you are joining us online, God bless you. Thank you for taking the time out um, to join us today. This is Kingdom World Ministries. All right, thank you. So we'll be back again on Friday for our interactive Bible study, but that will not be on Twitter. It will not be on um, Facebook or YouTube. It will only be on MixLR. So if you can't come, just join us on MixLR on Friday. Um, and then on Saturday, we'll be back again on those same, on all the media. You can join us again at that time. Okay, the Lord is good. Uh, is there any other thing? So please let us know how well you've been blessed. You can send us a mail at meals at pastor.ng. And if you want more of our messages, just go to the website pastor.ng. There are over 1,400 messages that I preached and more than, almost 20 books. All of them are free to download. The only price you pay is you share with somebody. That's all we ask, even though if you don't do that, we can't catch you really. <laughs> all right, please, you'll see a lot of sermons. All of those things are free to download. Thank you. We'll see you on Friday. Okay, the Lord is good. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. If you have been blessed, give me an amen. Amen. All right, let's share the grace. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Quickly bless the people around you. Three. In the name of Jesus. Two to go. This is your season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. In the One last person. This is your season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. What about yourself? This is my season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, cheer up, brethren. The word works. Amen.